Chasing It Outdoors, right here on the Chasing It Outdoors podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shiver Outdoor and Archery, located in Leesburg, Georgia, 1461 U.S. 19 South, for all of your hunting and fishing needs. All right, welcome to the Chasing It Outdoor podcast, right here on the Chasing It Outdoor network. I'm your host, and boy, do we have a good one for you today. Today, we've got a very special guest, and one that I have been fortunate to have become friends with several years ago, a true legend in the hunting industry, Mr. Terry Rom. Terry, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, Robbie. How you been? We miss you up this way. Dude, I've been good. Um, I'm back home, you know, so this is home for me. This is where I was born and raised. Yeah. This is where all my family is and uh, where my daughter lives and now, of course, my son. So, man, I'm glad to be home. I do miss being up there and i miss everyone that you know is up there but fortunately for me this is home so i'm glad to be back home but i'm doing really really well oh good i know the the shop down there's i've been following that right along and it's, it seems like it's growing every day yeah we have been extremely fortunate and extremely best blessed at shiver outdoor and archery you know it's we started very small and uh slowly have grown year by year by year and now it's just, you walk in that building now and it's like, holy cow, man, y'all have yeah. really expanded a lot. So we've been extremely fortunate and extremely blessed. Appreciate you following along and kind of keeping up with us and appreciate you coming to that turkey day that we had a couple of years ago. No problem. Enjoyed it. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I'm going to kind of run through a few of your accomplishments to kind of set the stage for today's topic, which is talking turkey. Terry is a two-time Grand National Turkey Calling Champion. He is a part of the NWTF Hall of Fame. I didn't know this, but upon doing some of my research, but your dad was a call maker. Mm -hmm. You are a very vital part of Turkeys for Tomorrow and the former director director for marketing at Tink's. Mm -hmm. So is there anything that I left uh, out accomplishment-wise that you want to point out? Uh, other than like been blessed, Robbie, with uh, turkey calling. Turkeys have been a big part of my life and my family's life since the early 70s. I mean, uh, we were up there and, and uh, actually helped start the some of the first NWTF chapters up there. And now that has turned into, you know, a great organization. And now I'm involved. I'm on the board of directors for TFT which is another smaller dot org group that's uh, Ron Jolly over there in Alabama seen the, he's seen our Turkey populations decline Mm -hmm. and he got a group of guys together and trying to figure out what we can do to help, you know, big landowners, small landowners. We're working with a lot of the universities to uh, university biologists and different biologists to try to figure out, you know, what is the cause or is it multiple causes, which uh, a lot of good research going on right now through turkeys for tomorrow. Cool. And that was one thing that I was going to get into in a little bit in some of the questions that I had for you, but I guess we can go ahead and jump straight to that one being that you've already touched on it. Turkeys for tomorrow is a program that is specifically designed around trying to repopulate the turkeys in some areas. Am I mistaken when I when I think that? 
Well, when, when we first started, we got big landowners together. We had some meetings over in Alabama and we got big landowners that managed their, their timber. Uh, it was limited hunting access. We had people from, uh, of course, some of the government agencies that had, you know, management areas or state game lands and just trying to figure out people that managed their land. I mean, to really managed it, were losing turkeys and they couldn't figure out why. And, and that's what brought a lot of different uh, aspects together. We're not so much trying, we want to, yes, we want to sustain turkey populations for my grandkids, their grandkids, and forever. You know, that's the ultimate goal is to make sure that that natural resource is there for, for everyone to enjoy. So a, a lot of things we're trying to figure out, you know, there's, of course, you see all the stuff on social media, it's coyotes, it's this. It's, you know, it's, it's reaping, it's, it's decoys. There's a multiple things in different areas that, that my personal opinion feel that are, are hurting turkey populations. And one, and a lot of people don't like to talk about trapping, you know, but trapping is very vital. I, I think from a, a stand, from a small landowner's aspect to a big landowner, if you want to do something to help turkeys, I mean, I, you've probably seen this, Robbie, around your, your deer feeders and stuff where you're, you might be supplementing, you know, deer feed. And, but how many coons do you see around those feeders at times? Far more than I would like to. Exactly. And, and, that's, and they're nest raiders. I mean, when that, when that old hand, through, through the research, the biologist, I think there's, there's a number of days that that hand is actually on the ground when she starts incubating. I mean, she'll lay that egg a day and then she has to incubate for 28 days. And that's another 14 days before those poults can really fly up to a tree. And I think it's like 54 days that she's on the ground from, yeah. And it's just from, you know, from foxes to coyotes, to skunks, to possums, to whatever coons. I mean, you got 10, 12 coons around a deer feeder and you know there's probably turkeys there somewhere, and they start nesting. Them coons, it's not going to take them long to find that nest. So, no, and no, then no. the other big thing is is uh, poult habitat. You know, everybody likes to burn, which is great for for turkeys, and and different quail and all your birds and stuff. But you need to leave some grasses that poults can hide in, because when they're on the ground, they're, they're hawks. I mean, hawks, owls crows they need places to hide so leaving some grasses around those nesting areas is very vital okay all right so you went into a lot more or you went into that a little earlier than i was anticipating but i'm really glad that actually that it happened earlier in the podcast because you know retention is somewhat difficult sometimes in some of these podcasts I would agree. Yes. Running deer cameras. And I'm a very much a rookie when it comes to turkey hunting. I've only been doing it now three years or so, I think. So I still have a lot to learn. I have learned that it is by far my favorite type of hunting. I mean, y'all can have all the deer you want anymore. I'd rather chase a thunder chicken most days. Now, don't get me yeah. wrong. I like shooting big bucks, but 
you know, I'd rather chase a turkey because you actually get to communicate with that animal where deer hunting a lot of times is just sitting and waiting, at least here in, in, you know, southwest Georgia. You know, it's not like hunting Kansas or Illinois or Iowa where you can make a deer call and hopefully they respond. Here, our deer ain't, doesn't tend to respond to calling like they do out in the Midwest, but turkeys do. And I think that's why I'm so attracted to it. Uh, But uh, to kind of backtrack, a little bit how did you get into turkey hunting uh grew up in pennsylvania on a farm and the only thing there was to do was work on the farm play high school sports and then hunt you know that that was a big part of our family was was hunting i mean i got three other brothers and i mean squirrel hunting i grew up squirrel hunting that's how i got started you know uh, we had a, a winchester model i think it was a 42 uh 410 and a and a 22 and dad said take your pick boys and my older <laughs> brother rob and i we'd get in a battle who was taking what but we'd go up on that ridge and we'd hunt all day till we got our limit of squirrels because it was a competition i mean you didn't and we ate them i mean that that was that was food for our family i mean and that that squirrel hunt was a big part of our growing up you know what's your favorite way but to then, cook them? You know, well yeah i mean it was um, you know, squirrel pot pie and potatoes in it and some dumplings in it. And, you know, it was, and that, that was good. But, and then, you know, as you got older and graduated into, I think the, we had always had a Pennsylvania had a fall season, but I think the first spring season was like in the sixties and uh, for the first spring gobbler season, which was very late compared to down in the South here, you know, for spring gobbler hunting. But, uh, started calling with those little bird whistles you get it at a country fair. I don't know if you, a lot of people don't remember those, but if you hit the right thing or did the right thing, you got a little bird whistle and started that way. And then just started a few local guys there, made calls and Red Smith and Chet Lesh and started working with them and then ended up winning. I think I was the youngest guy to ever win the Pennsylvania State Turkey Calling Championship. Of course, you know, back then, uh, a lot of the older hunters didn't want to share information. So here's a young kid, you know, just just whooped them at turkey calling, and it <laughs> wasn't it wasn't very well liked at that time, you know. But that, that sort of kicked it off, and then of course I met Ben Lee at the Harrisburg Sports Show, and and that really kicked it off. I mean, hunting with Ben and being around Ben and working in the call shop down there, and so that's uh, that was a big deal. Well, Ben was. Ben, to back up a little bit, Ben was, uh, I met him at the Harrisburg Sports Show, and he he had heard me call, and he said, hey, boy, come here. I want to hear that yelper. And I had no clue what a yelper was. You know, so I called for him. Well, he ended up, and the type of guy Ben it was, he ended up inviting Rob Keck, uh, myself, another call maker there that made calls for me, Dickie Smith, to go to Alabama and call in the World Turkey Calling Championship. Well, us Yankees never heard of a world turkey calling championship. So away we went, you know, and, and um, that first contest, uh, I was leading the thing. And then Keck beat me by one point on the call off. So he goes on to be the, the, you know, his career with the NWTF. And, of course, my career ended up going with, with uh, Tink's direction. And uh, it, it's been a good ride, brother. I guarantee it's been a good ride. Yes, and now. Okay. And now, of course, it, 
sort of graduated, you know, retired from tanks and then got involved with Rock Ridge Outdoors. And they wanted me to start a, uh, a turkey call line for them. So I started the grind, which the grind is I, when I first, when they first started talking grind, and I think you can relate to this, you know, being three years into it now or so, the, the grind basically means the everyday grind of getting up and going turkey. But it, it's, you know, for some of us, when I was working at Tanks, man, it was getting up. I'd go listen. If I didn't hear nothing, I would change my clothes at the truck and go to work get off work, go to the woods. And it's just repeat, repeat, repeat. And that's the grind. It, it's the, and we call it a grind, but it's not really a grind. We enjoy it so much or we right. wouldn't do it. You know? Well, and so. you talk a uh, the grind. I know for you, when I asked you to do this, uh, the scheduling was around you going and actually listening for some turkeys. And we're what, January the 29th? And you're already starting to grind to locate yeah. birds, kind of doing your homework on those birds so that you can set yourself up and your family, your grandkids for a successful season. Yeah, I, I've been videoing some turkeys here. I actually started before deer season was over. And uh, my mind just went turkeys for some reason. <laughs> I got some pretty nice, pretty nice gobblers on camera right now and, uh, and videoed them and been watching them and been watching that pecking order establish, establish and from the hens to the jakes to the, there's like six old gobblers running together right now, but they're about to break up. But my goal is to have them pretty well pinpointed for my grandson, Liam. Hopefully he gets his first Turkey this, this spring. Oh man. I can't wait. I hope he does. How yeah, it, me, it, it, I, I don't want to go into like age or whatnot. Cause you are a legend, but you know, you, I guess you could be a legend at 30 you wouldn't be as much of a legend as you are because you're not 30. How many years have you turkey hunted? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. Probably since I've been 16, Robbie. I mean, and I, I'm pushing that. I'm pushing that. <laughs> uh, I'll guarantee you I'm older, you know, yes, but it, yes, it's. Sir. So it, you've it, got it, many uh, years of experience doing this, which is one of the reasons why you are a vital part of the TFT program and why the grind actually does exist. I think I hunted seven States last year. Oh, I mean, I started, gross. yeah, I started, uh, and this is the grind. I mean, I started in uh, first of March in, in South Florida and then came home for a few days, then went back down to Florida to guide a, a hunt for TFT. And then I come back to Georgia, took off for Kentucky left Kentucky, went to Ohio, left Ohio, went to Missouri, come back home, was home a few days, jumped in the truck, took off to Pennsylvania to hunt with my, at that last year, dad was 94. He still has got the bug. I mean, he still loves to hunt. That is awesome. But hunted with him a few days in Pennsylvania and then took off for New York. So I ended up getting back home uh, about the last week of May. So. It, 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 it was a haul. I guarantee you, I put some road miles on, had a lot of fun, uh, a lot of experience, met a lot of people. And I think that's what it's all about. If it's not fun, why do it? I mean, right. it, it's just like y'all shooting your, your bows down there in the leagues and it's something people enjoy. And that, that's what Turkey hunts about, man. If, if you like it, go do it. If you don't like it, go do something else. But, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, 
turkey hunting, you, you can learn different dirt, different areas. Um, and, and like you were saying earlier, you're actually reacting with that critter. You know, you're trying to outthink it, you yes, know, sir. and you're and, actually being able to communicate. And mm-hmm. that is so cool. Uh, yep. It's kind of like the, the elk that you've got in the background there. You know, I think if people, they Google search Terry Rom, if they don't know who Terry is, and if they do, they probably know you more from the turkey hunting aspect because that's what you've come to be known for, at least for in the most part that I've, you know, known you for. But you're a well-established hunter and not just around based around turkeys. I mean, looking behind you, I mean, there is some massive whitetails. And a well, yeah, there, there's gel. a lot of years there. Robbie, I, I was fortunate when I worked with Tinks, with, and back then there was like two TV shows. There wasn't podcasts. There wasn't <laughs> right. all this social. I mean, for heaven's sakes, I mean, we were lugging cameras that and battery packs, and and now your cameras are like this, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, but uh, just fortunate enough to, you know, be involved with Realtree and Buckmasters, and part of that perk in the marketing side was getting to go hunt a lot of good places. And I, no question about it. You were in some good managed deer places, all, all you know, all, all fair chase, but it was, it was just, it's the pressure wasn't land. there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's what it takes. I mean, it's like where these turkeys are, it's 116 acres or so, but I got people all around me, you know, and I mean, it is what it is. I mean, guys love to hunt and you, and the one guy that borders this lease I'm on, he shot a 145-inch eight-point this year. And I had that deer on camera, but I, when I should have been hunting him, I was in Canada. So it was wow. like, and I think he shot him November 4th, and I was up in Canada or somewhere. I don't know where he was. But, so you uh, still go just, up there? Oh, yeah. I, I like that cold weather. And you never know when Sasquatch is going to walk out, you know? <laughs> yes, sir. So, well. I, it, would it be safe to assume that you've been successful enough to have the grand slam on, on turkeys? Well, I got a couple. Yeah. My yeah, dad, and, dad and I done it one year all in the same year together. And that was, oh, wow. I think that was one of my best memories. You know, one of the, one of the, uh, bucket list things that it's a big bucket list, you know, yes, that Highlight was a, of your uh, hunting career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I mentioned that I've only been turkey hunting now like three years. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I haven't turkey hunted before because my dad didn't turkey hunt. But when I was coming up as a kid, daddy didn't turkey hunt and daddy didn't even bow hunt. I actually got into archery hunting by a really good friend of mine and his, his stepdad. But I don't remember if they turkey hunted, at least I don't remember talking about it, but I know my dad didn't. So I was in Atlanta up the, up the way, you know, up there where you are when I actually kind of got into it and it wasn't until I moved back here in 2020, I guess I killed my first turkey in 2021. Jay Maxwell actually called that bird in for me and watching him work that turkey call was, it's a memory that I will never forget. And I knew right then that that was something that I wanted to learn and wanted to maybe not get good at, but at least be able to get good enough at, you know, you know, calling a turkey in and hopefully trying to harvest it. And that's like, I want to get into that in just a few minutes. I guess the next question is, I know you're an archery hunter because I was fortunate enough to get to tinker with some of your bows. 
and of course, I know you shoot shotguns for turkeys. What is your favorite way, or have you ever killed a turkey with your bow? I've killed a few with a bow, but it's 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 that's a different ball game. I mean, you got guys like Jay Maxwell and Tim Knight down there in Dublin that that mm-hmm. that's all they hunt with, and I and man, my hats off to them. Any any guy like yourself or, or those guys that that hunt with a bow exclusively for turkeys. It's a challenge. No, I'm not exclusively a turkey hunter with my bow. I ain't never killed one with my bow. Um, I've killed three of them now, two of which with a 410, which is a new fad, if you will. Uh, I killed the first one with a 12 gauge, but the last two I've killed was with a single shot 410 that I built specifically for turkey hunting. Um, But I do want to try to harvest one with my bow and we've got some turkeys here at the house last year i was keeping a real close eye on them it was mid-march and i had them just outside of my garage 75 yards from my my garage door blowed up out there in the pasture you know just doing that thing hands off in the bottom and um well when turkey season come in they were gone now i did wind up killing a turkey but i went I, i killed it with my with my shotgun but I was hoping that I was going to be able to set a blind up and, you know, actually try to kill one here at the house with my bow. But I don't know what happened. I was talking to a buddy of mine, and you may be able to elaborate on this a little bit. The field is right behind the the property here at the house. Last year was planted in corn. And those birds were here up until they sprayed the corn. Mm -hmm. And they left. Now, they went across the dirt road here at the house, and I, I would see them most every morning going to work in a cotton field that had not been planted yet but the field over here on my side that was at that point waist high maybe with the corn i was not getting any pictures of turkeys where i was and i was not seeing them in the pasture like i was they were across the road i had a friend of mine here tell me that when they sprayed that corn for the bugs it killed the bugs of course and the turkeys left and went across the road in that field that had not yet been planted because there was all kind of, you know, little critters running around that they could eat. Yep. Uh, there, there's a couple things this time of spring. It's like these turkeys I'm messing with now. I've never killed a turkey on this piece of property. Never. And th- this is like the first year there's really been, I've had pictures of them just passing through, but never, they never stayed there. And I don't expect these to stay there. Maybe one because there's like seven hens now and hopefully one of those hens will start nesting there. And like those turkeys you were messing with there, a couple things could have happened. One is it got to that time of year where hens wanted to sort of migrate back to where they want to nest, you know, and because breeding season's coming and they may have migrated back over to that other piece because it's better habitat for nesting or that old hen may have nested there for the last three, four years. Mm. And of course, it's just like a, a buck in rut. He's going to follow that doe. Right. And that, that old gobbler, he, he's, the hens aren't going where he's going. He's going where they're going. Mm-hmm. And it don't matter to him. As long as there's a tree there, he can get up in to fly up at night. He's fine. But things like that or, or what you start to realize that can happen. And I think that's what some hunters they they get so frustrated because they think they're doing something wrong. And it's just trying to figure out that turkey's habits. 
just like a deer. The more you know about it, the things you can adjust to. Uh, it, it's like there, instead of setting up behind your house and sitting there a week and waiting them turkeys, go somewhere else, you know, because you, you can't, you can't shoot one. It's not there, That's you right. know, and, and old Ben Lee gave me some advice years and years. I mean, way, many moons back. He said, he said, son, if you can figure out where he's eating and where he's sleeping, you can kill him. And you think about that. That's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. And it's just common sense. Figure out that, that critter you're hunting and figure out what they're doing. I mean, that's the, and like I say, the more you know about them, it's like watching these turkeys video on them. I mean, I, I thought they were going to come in the other day early, you know, like 8 30, 9 o'clock. I sat there till 2 30, 3 o'clock waiting on them, and they finally showed up. But there's two turkeys out of that six turkeys, uh, six gobblers. There's one that has a short beard. It has, it's kind of busted off, rotted off. He's the man. You know, he's the boss gobbler. There's another one that has a double beard that's probably, He's probably got 20 inches of beard easy. And those two are going to fight first. Those are the two. You can just watch them and, and tell. And I mean, it's just learning different things like that about turkeys that just, it'll make you a better hunter, you know? So you spend far more time doing your homework than you do actually hunting, at least early, it sounds like. Well, it, it, it that homework, helps you when you take off from Missouri and you're hunting public land on a management area that a lot of other people are hunting and you can figure those turkeys out quicker, you know, where they going, what they doing, when to be there, when not to be there. And now with Onax and some of our other tools, I mean, you can figure out a different way in there, a shorter way or an easier way or, and, and look, look on the map and see, okay, they, they flew down and went that direction. Where are they going? They're going someplace to feed. Now, what are they feeding on? Right. And then you sort of just start putting the pieces together. And next thing you know, you got one standing in front of you. you know? So you're almost treating it as if like you're doing your homework on a big buck. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You, you, it, it's like you there at the shop, you've had so much experience at tuning bows you can look at a bow and tell what's wrong with it most of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times, here's the problem. It's the same way with turkey hunting, deer hunting. I mean, you, you can, and that's what's learning. You know, a lot of hunters want to go out and call, call, call. Well, I have not yet called to these turkeys, and I won't. Mm-hmm. I will not call to them. But because that's just education. That's right. on their part, you know, right. and you don't want to do that. I mean, for someone learning, I can't blame you know, a hunter out there, Hey, I want to try this call. Well, do it, but get out of there because the first thing that happens, you know, they'll be out there calling and you'll be making yelps, clucks, butts, whatever. Next thing you know, there's that gobbler coming, standing, looking at you and he spooks and flies off. Well, guess what? He ain't coming back there. Mm. Nine chances out of 10, that, that ball game's over, you know? Yeah. So it's, I I remember, I was, um, you know, I'm still real early on in learning to use a mouth call. And uh, it's been a couple of years ago before our pasture was cut here at the house. So I couldn't see where these birds were and they couldn't see me. My wife and I was getting ready to go to a buddy of ours, uh, 
his son's baseball game one afternoon and I walked out of the house and for whatever the reason threw the mouth call in my mouth and, and made a couple of noises. Don't really know if it sounded like a turkey or not, but I will never forget a yep, 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 or whatever. And I heard one just bust off just on the other side of the woods, which are now gone. And I thought I was gonna have a heart attack right here in my yard. My wife's yeah. like, Was that a turkey? And I'm like, Yes, that was a turkey. I made a call and that turkey made a noise back. <laughs> you know, I felt like I done won the lottery. Yeah, that that's the exciting part of it. You know, that that's what makes you, you know, man, that was awesome. You know, I want to do it some more, you know, and, mm -hmm. and see and them they, fanned out and coming up there. And so well, it, it wasn't that's even, the, you know, sorry, it wasn't even turkey season at that point, but it was right there on the verge of it. So, of course, immediately I, I hushed. We got in the truck and we left and I went out the long way so that I could see where these birds were in the field. And as I eased up, in the truck i mean and i look over in that direction and this dude just blowed up up there you know and i'm like man i called it that bird and he made a noise a week later or so turkey season came in and i went and set up on the edge of those woods and early one morning heard him gobble on the roost he hit the ground i made a few turkey noises i think they were turkey noises they may have just been noises needless to say that bird run all the way across the field wound up 20 yards in front of me and i shot him with my 410 and that was the first turkey that yep. i'd ever killed on my own um and i said well, you got to watch if told me anything <laughs> yeah yes sir but you, you actually you got to watch him come clear across the field oh yes sir yes sir uh, I, he yeah, he come up to the top of the hill in the field over there and i made a couple of more sounds again not sure that they were turkey like sounds but they were sounds nonetheless and he he darted and just kept on coming and doing that little waddle that they do you know and he got up in front of me and i went yep 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 and he stopped and stuck his head up and i squeezed the trigger nude flopped over you would not have been able to tell me anything that morning right there in that moment i was terry rom i was yep. I, I was a professional even though i'm not a professional but boy i was jacked jacked uh, that's that, that's right there's what got you hooked right there oh yes that, sir yeah, yes sir at least by myself done. Yeah. Yeah. In all of your hunting experience and turkey calling experience, do you have a go-to call? Like what is your, your favorite type of turkey call? I'd have to say a mouth call because like mouth call leaves your hands free. Mm -hmm. So you can maneuver your shotgun or like with, with y'all bow hunting, you, you know, you, you got that call in your mouth. You, you're not having a box call or, or, uh, a slate in your hand and put it down and get your bow or, you know, get a hold of your shotgun. Movement is so critical when you got turkeys tight. Oh, I yeah. mean, if they're tight, man, it's just, especially on pressured birds. I mean, they, they hear something or they just see something. It, it's done. It's over. They're going the other way. So nah, you're not, not today, brother, you mm -hmm. know? So, you know, mouth call, but, I think the biggest or one of the best tips I could give hunters that's learning to call is especially during hunting season is call, use the call that you can use best, you know, whether it be a box call, a slate, a push button call. I mean, push button calls are real simple. I mean, just simple little box like that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and you're, you're, if, if you can do this, you can call a turkey. Oop, I get the right way here. There. there you go. 
Oh, that's so pretty. See, and that's, I mean, that that thing kills turkeys. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it sounds good. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of hunters think, oh, it's a push button, but it kills turkeys. If I have to use that to kill a turkey, that's what I'm using. You know, <laughs> it, it don't matter to me. It right. don't matter to me one bit. But, yeah, for most hunters, use the call that you're, you, you can use best at that time. You know, box calls have probably brought more turkeys to the gun than any other call out there because it's so – it's it's a it's an easy call to learn on because you can actually watch the movement of the box, mm-hmm. you know, and you can sort of experiment with it. And it's like with your bow stuff. I mean, you got to shoot that bow a lot to get good at it, you know, and and keep shooting and keep shooting. Same way turkey calls. I mean, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to get better on a trumpet call right now. Okay. Uh, and a trumpet call is kind of a suction call, the old mm-hmm. wing bone calls, if you will. Mm-hmm. I'll sit here and I'm not, believe me, I got a long ways to go, but my wife just shakes her head sitting down here. And then I know it's time to put it up, you know? So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I get in trouble or at least I have the last couple of years about this time of the year. Cause I'll have some Turkey calls come in. We stock a lot of, uh, the grind calls and, mm-hmm. um, Tom teasers, Tommy Walton's calls. And I'll yep. pick up a couple, you know, of each that I like. And, uh, you know, I'll be walking around the house. Dip, 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 dip. And when I, when a book comes flying at me, I know it's time to quit. That it's, yeah. it's probably time to put it up for a little while. I think, I think the other thing too, Robbie, for like you were saying, you called to that Turkey there behind your house. If you want to try to locate turkeys, you need to learn to use a crow call or an owl call. Mm-hmm. and those are locator calls and the reason being is you're locating turkeys without them knowing another turkey's there and you can actually if you're if you're in a, a hunting scenario you can locate them with a say a crow call and you can get closer if the terrain's not quite right hey i need to get terrain has a lot to do with where that turkey wants to come you know and i've seen turkeys so stubborn they they didn't want to jump across a little branch or a creek that you could step across they'd stand there and strut up and down up and down it's frustrating and you can't move them and and sometimes it's better off just to let them walk off reposition and then try to call them back rather than force the issue and keep calling keep calling keep calling but a crow call or an owl call is a great tool for locating turkeys i mean it just the the, the uh, crow call, you know, later morning, a high pitch. I love a high pitch crow call. And again, you've got to learn to use that crow call and sound like a crow. You don't want to sound like a sick, dying rabbit out there. You want to sound like a crow. <laughs> you trying know? to call coyotes. No. I mean, and I've heard guys, oh, that, man, that was terrible. But it's getting a good crow call. I mean, it's like a... It's like your, I guess, a bow too. You you can only shoot that bow as good as it can shoot. Yeah, does that make sense? I mean, it does. It does. Get yeah. a good. You're only as good as the good. equipment that you're using. Exactly. Exactly. And, and a lot of hunters will go on the, you know, the lower price range. Which, if that's what they can afford, that that's fine. Learn on that, but graduate up to a, a more of a a better call, a more realistic sounding call uh, because crow calls are just like turkey calls. 
there's good ones and there's bad ones. And, and, uh, I, I should say there's, there's calls that sound better than others. There not you go. good versus bad, there but just go. more realistic sounding calls, I guess would be a more accurate way to put it. But yeah, that, that crow call late in the morning, man, that's, that's, that's killed a lot of turkeys for me. So. And you said something just now, uh, about, you know, a turkey wouldn't cross a creek or a branch. And I'm going to touch on something that you, you talked about a little earlier, and that was, you know, doing your homework. I would assume or imagine that knowing that that branch is there and that turkeys often won't cross creeks, branches, fences, et cetera, by doing your homework and knowing your terrain, like you said, that would also help you kill more turkeys to put more turkeys on the tailgate by knowing that, hey, I may need to be on the other side of that creek or branch. Yeah, it, it, knowing the terrain is definitely a, a plus for you uh, when when trying to set up on a turkey. You know, I've seen turkeys that wouldn't jump across like that little branch you couldn't you, you could step across. But then I've turned around and seen them fly off a mountain, coming off a ridge, flying clear over to the ridge I'm on. I've seen them fly across the Tom Bigby River in Alabama. So it's just that turkeys. And I think, you know, you, you bring up, you just reminded me of something. Each turkey has a different mindset, if you will. They got, they're just like us. They all, all got their own personalities, their own, their own habits. They get in a habit during that springtime. You know, they've been with those hens. They've done this, the same routine, basically day after day after day. Well, it's, that's the kind of routine you're trying to break up. And, and trying to figure out what that routine is and, and uh, how do I get around it? Is he going to that same power line every day with those three hands? So I might as well just get out there and set rather than try to chase him. Mm-hmm. So now you're figuring out what might take you a week to figure out. Now, because you've done your homework, you know the terrain, you know where he's going. Now you're cutting that, that time frame down to a day or two you know, instead of a week, I I did it myself. I've, I've hunted turkeys for weeks. I mean, same Turkey for a week or longer and just trying to figure out they they got a bunch of hands when they got a bunch of hands. They are, I've, I've watched turkeys strut and strut for half a day and not gobble because they're standing right beside hands. You know, it's just, it's just figuring out that Turkey's mindset. And, and uh, going from there. All right. And my last question, your favorite state to hunt turkeys in? Anywhere they're gobbling, brother. <laughs> first, state, first state that opens up. It's like South Florida. Man, that's that's here the 1st of March. I mean, that's coming up. Uh, you know, some of the – I think overall the Easterns are by far my favorite species to hunt and because you're in most of the time you know kentucky's nice tennessee's great uh ohio because you're in big timber a lot where there's fields you know a lot of field birds that you can actually see and uh, i mean you, you got different terrains and then you you adjust to that terrain i mean the older you get when you start looking at a mountain going like that <laughs> no yeah I'm going to figure out how to get up there first before I go after, you know, figure out the easy way around rather than, 
take a half day to get up there. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, it's I can just, see where that would uh would definitely play a role. Um, yeah, I got to get yeah, him to come uh, down because I'm not well, going up there. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, as far as I, I like to hunt, where of course the more turkeys you have, the better success ratio you're going to have. You know, it's just like hunting, hunting, poking young deer. If you only got one deer in your county, you're, what's your chances of killing that deer? Right. You know, right. whereas if you got multiple gobbling turkeys, you got a lot better chance than hunting one bird, mm-hmm. you know. But that's up to the hunter, too, again. That's what's, what's so nice about it. Do what you want to do. I mean, you see all this social media stuff, all oh, this 410, don't do this, this 20 gauge, don't do this call ain't this, man, forget that stuff. Just separate, try to learn the knowledge and, and do what works best for you, especially in, in your area. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, if I was coming down there to hunt with you, man, Robbie, I'm going to listen to you because you know, the dirt, you know, if you say go there, that's where I'm going because then I don't have to, I don't have to spend two days learning that dirt, you know? No, you, like, ain't, you, you ain't gonna ask me because I'm gonna tell you I don't know and I want to watch you so that I can go to school and actually learn something from somebody that's got far more years of experience than I do, but I do understand what you're saying. Um yeah, I mean no, lo- I'm like, like I don't know anything unless you teach me everything that you know. Well, you ain't gonna teach me everything you know because that would take well a lot longer than we would have. <laughs> it's a it's a lot simpler than what than it really appears. I mean, it just is. It's common sense, learning everything you can learn about that species you're hunting. And, so it'd be fair to there. say that we often overthink this? I think sometimes. I think sometimes we do. I mean, especially gr- growing up, because it's it's sort of like with, with me uh, hunting Pennsylvania. I bow hunted hard. And, man, that's back when, uh, when about the only – really good content you had was like North American whitetail, mm-hmm. you know, but I'd be leafing through that book and boy, there's a 140. Where'd that deer come from? Or there's a 160. That's, that's a monster. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to shoot a Pope and young deer in Pennsylvania, hunting my butt off. But it, it took me years to understand they're not there at that time. They weren't there. Every deer from, yeah, you take a million gun hunters, and the first day of deer season, it was over. I mean, there was nothing left but year and a half old bucks if there was any left. So it took years and years of learning, okay, they're not here. I need to go somewhere. So Dad and I ended up going to Ohio, and we both killed Pope and Young bucks the first year we went because they had them. We didn't have them. So it's just like turkeys. The more you have, the you know, go where there's turkeys. If, if they're not there, move on, you know? So, and I, and I had in my, in my show notes here, I was going to ask you, you know, for a couple of tips on, on locating birds for a rookie hunter, I guess ultimately you just gave us the, the, the most important tip that you could give and that's go where they're, where turkeys live and where they are. Yeah. And a lot of times that that's food this time of year. And, and, you know, walking old logging roads, looking mud holes for tracks, uh, you know, just spotting turkeys in fields. Of course, here, 
where I live, you don't see many turkeys in fields. I mean, for some reason, just, they just stay in the woods most of the time. But uh, I, I've never had much luck here seeing turkeys in fields. Now, Kentucky, Ohio, yeah, they're more field birds, certain areas. But, uh, you know, crow calling early in the morning, get up high if you can, get away from traffic, get away from uh, streams, especially after rains because it's too noisy. You want to be able to hear a long ways and then locate and, and uh, go from there, you know. So it's just, again, having, having the dirt to hunt. I mean, it's so. All right. And then the last thing here that I've got on my notes is I want a, or need, or we need a Terry Rom secret to seal the deal. So you've located the bird, you know where he's at. What If you had one tip to help you seal the deal, what would that one tip be? Oh boy. Uh, yeah, and, I, and the original questions was three tips to locate birds and three tips to seal the deal, but you've, you've really touched on a lot of things that I was going to ask. Um, so therefore I don't have to, but like I say, I, I'm a rookie Turkey hunter. I've got a bird 500 yards over here. I know he's there pretty much most mornings. If there's one tip that you could give me to help seal the deal, what, what would that, what would that tip be? Two scenarios. All right. One, a Turkey's just gobbling his head off. I mean, everything you do, he's just, He's hammering, hammering, hammering. I'm probably going to, what I like to do on that, and that that's the turkey you're, you're ultimately trying to hunt Elvis. Elvis likes to show off. You know what I mean? He likes to show off. I'm the guy. I'm this. I, yeah, let, come on up here, Elvis. I got something for you, you know? So what I want to do is call every, I, I want to keep track of Elvis as he's coming in because that way you can move your gun. Uh, and, and like, if, if I, if I want that Turkey to come a certain direction, a lot of times they're, they're like an elk, they're going to go to the high ground. So I might want to come up, I might want him to come up this ridge over here. So I'm going to actually turn my calling to that direction. I don't want him coming over here because there's a Creek over there. He, he'll hang up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I want to try to like a ventriloquist throw my calling. So I want him to come that direction. So now I'm going to call every maybe 30 seconds to a minute. And I want to hear him gobble. And I want to pick out a landmark where he gobbled last. It might be a big oak. All right. He was right behind that big oak or in that direction. The next time he I call, he gobbles. He might be at this stump. He's that direction. Now I can I know if he's moving. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I know if he's moving because sometimes they're fast. Sometimes they're, ah, I'm taking Elvis is taking his time, but he's still moving. So now I just want to keep giving him a little bit, a little bit, not over aggressive, not over calling and, and just let him work his way up. And I can follow him the whole way. My gun's ready. He's in shotgun range back. You know, you got Elvis. The other scenario is if a Turkey's not gobbling a lot, in other words, I throw I throw some of my best stuff out, and I don't get that instant response. I might get it two seconds after I call or three seconds. He's probably got hands with him. 
You know, he's not that fired up. Or he may have been shot before. Another hunter may have shot him and scared him, or who knows? So there the terrain. That's what getting in tight means. You got to get tight, tight. And it might take you an hour to get there to where, and after a few times doing this, you know, right here's where I need to be. And now I want to call so soft. I want to, I don't want to hit him hard. I want to hit him just enough to get him curious. Hey, that was a hand. Where's she at? And curiosity is everything. Mm-hmm. And now he said, well, I need to go look, you know? So now he's going to just mosey over and he sticks his head up over the back. Guess what? He's dead Turkey, <laughs> you know? So it's, there's, there's different scenarios, Robbie, when, when, uh, but I'll, I'll challenge some hunters out there that I think this gets overlooked so much is they don't realize how good a turkey's ears are, how they can hear. I mean, I've called to them and they come up looking at the bottom of the tree I'm setting at, you know, and they, they're just so keen. And so, but I'll challenge, I'm not so much a challenge, but a tip. When you call to a turkey this spring, the first call you make, Make it as soft as you can and see if he responds. Absolute whisper and see if he if he responds. Now, if he don't, call a little louder. But I think you might be amazed that some of the turkeys that respond, you're going to say in your mind, there's no way he heard that. No way. But in fact, he did. So and I think that's sometimes we overcall too loud, maybe. Um, I've been guilty too of aggressive, that. and they just—they pounds their ears. I mean, it just—but just do yourself a favor. First turkey you call to this spring, just make it so soft you don't think he can hear it, and see what happens. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, and I have definitely been guilty of overcalling and calling too loud. Just I guess maybe because of eagerness and, and being a rookie, if yeah. you will, um, and wanting that that success that we all strive to have, you know, that harvest trying to make it happen. Um, when in reality, I'm probably doing nothing but hurt myself more than I'm helping myself. And even though yeah, I know well, I'm we, doing it, I still tend to do it just because I don't yeah, know. That, we can't help. We, we can't help ourselves. I mean, you just want to hear them gobble and hear mm-hmm. that. But I think the other, the other two things that like when you're running and gunning, they call it running and gunning. You're actually calling, walking, trying to locate turkey. If you're doing that in timber or anywhere, really, before you call, look around and, okay, if he gobbles, I can get right there or actually stand at that tree because there's been a lot of times, especially in rolling hills, you call or crow call and he gobbles, he's right there. You don't know he's there. He's right there. Boom, you sit down. Well, I don't have no place to go. You're sitting or you're screwed. You know, you might as well just, it's over. Make sure you sit down or have your place picked out. I can sit here, you know, so that that's, and never, ever, I, I learned this one the hard way. And I, I was in Virginia, this is years ago. I'm like, I was, I was a rookie. I mean, I'm calling, boy, one gobble, here he comes. I sit down. I think he's coming this way. And I had a tree like right here, a little sapling. Had the gun this way. Guess where he came? 
over here. <laughs> on the wrong side. Wrong side. So I was screwed. Of course, I was a rookie. I tried to do this number. Didn't work. I'd have been better off letting him walk off. And I think there's another good tip. There's so many things come up here. If you get a turkey that's not right, he's in shotgun range, but just sit tight. You can't get your gun there. You're going to try to do the old up over the tree. Let the turkey walk off. Just let him walk off because if one, if you try that, if he sees you and starts running, next thing you know, you could cripple the turkey or you shoot at him. Now he's educated. Now you just, but if you let him walk off, he may settle down in a half hour and you can can call call him right right back back or go the next day, but leave that. Just try not. It's hard. It's hard not to do, but you're better off if, if, especially if he's out there at, Say, say he hangs up at 40, 50 yards, and you're not comfortable shooting that far. If you ever see him take that wing and flip it up on their backs like that, we'll take them wings and flip them up on their back. Mm-hmm. That turkey's done. He's gone. Leave him go. Don't try to call him back. He's got his mind made up. I'm out of here. Let him go because he's not coming back. And then you need to leave him the next day or get around him. Get, or let him let him settle down for a while, you know. Now that was a a tip that one is something I didn't know. Two, I didn't expect uh, for you to even say that. I mean, that's so if he puts his wings up on his back, let him go. Let him go. If, if and he'll be standing. He might be standing there, not strutting, but standing there upright, looking. All right, I don't see a hand. Something's wrong here, but. After And he'll do this after he gets enough of it. He'll take his, like the butt of his wing, you can watch him. He'll take it, he'll just flip it up on his back. Then he'll flip this one up on his back. And then he's just, he's walking away. He's it's done. Over, boys. Yep. You know, the, the the old saying is, if a turkey had a nose like a deer does, we'd probably yep. never kill him, or at least not near as many as we've been fortunate enough to to kill. It'd be tough. It'd be it'd be definitely tough. But yep. We but I think are, for you know for guys, you know, back on the management side and like for TFT and stuff, get get yourself some dog-proof traps. You know, start trapping them predator the coons. You know, you hate to see them go, but man, do you want turkeys or you want coons? Right. You know, right. so it's and it's not just for turkeys. I mean, it's all songbirds and. A lot of things that nest on the ground. I mean, and it just it's going to help your turkey population. Okay. And support TFT if you got if that's man, we got I a see. lot of good. Yeah, go to the website. A lot of good research, just knowledge about turkeys, and you can learn a lot. You know, there's from a biological standpoint, working with some great biologists and figuring things out, and and uh, to make sure we got turkeys from you're on you know and, and tft if you're just now listening in or you didn't catch it in the beginning tft is turkeys for tomorrow uh i believe mm-hmm. it's turkeysfortomorrow.org um if i That's remember it. correctly yep. uh, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of good information on there uh to help you and your property where you're trying to turkey hunt so you know that's a, that's a good place to obtain some other inf- you know information mr terry how can someone, or is it a possibility to uh, for someone to reach out to you if 
they have any questions, is is that something that can be done, or or do you kind of shy away from that? I know some guys do because they get bombarded. Is that something that you're open to? Uh, it all depends how many. I mean, I'm going to be going here. Yeah, yeah. pretty soon. Gonna be busy. I mean, it's going to be. So the best thing they can do is check open. out this podcast and watch this podcast because there's been a lot of a lot of information given on this podcast right here to to help you as a turkey hunter. Yeah, I mean it. it it's it's uh, programs like this or podcasts. There's so many of them, and YouTube stuff, and, and that you can learn from. Versus oh, yeah. back when I was going at it, you know, and and uh, but there's nothing like firsthand experience. Get out there and do it. That that's the best teacher. I mean, until you get out there and do it, and and you gotta have to want to do it. You gotta want to spend the time. Uh, just like in your bow shop with your bow, I'm not, you, you shoot every day. I mean, I don't shoot every day, right. but I'm not the kind of art, you know, guy you are. So it's like, well, it's, it's, like time, you say, it's one of those things you enjoy or you do what you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. So, but th- th- as far as learn, learn about that Turkey and like with, with TFT and stuff, it, it's, 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 I don't think it's, it's sort of like NWTF or TFT. These organizations can't do everything. They just, they can't help every, but I think we can educate small landowners, big landowners, what they can do to help themselves, you know, to, to better their, uh, it just makes sense. I mean, if, if you get guys around your hunting lease there to all start trapping, you're going to see an increase more than likely in turkey population. How long so, do you think that takes to take effect? So, I mean, if you start trapping this year, you, you may not see an increase in the you'll population. You'll see it this, this year. year. You will? You think so? You'll, you'll see it this Yeah, because right now is the time, Robbie, right now is the time when you need to start trapping. Okay. You know, make sure you follow the, the and that's why Georgia, uh, you can trap year round now. You know, mm-hmm. make sure you follow your, your game regulations, but now is the time to trap. And because hens are going to start nesting here before too long. And when you have a hen that nests, you know, nine to 14 eggs, if you can get, if you can get half those to hatch, I mean, my Lord, there's, there, there's turkeys right. coming up. That you may not, you know, may for, not have had if you had not been trapping. Exactly. Or, I mean, if, if you got five or six hens nesting in your area, and none of them hatch because something some mm-hmm. something happened to the nest, whether it be coons, crows, skunks, whatever. Got a mower over them, you know, from cutting hay or whatever. But uh, yeah, so nest now's raiders. The time are to start trapping. So now, now's the time, brother. Well, we are right at about an hour, and I know you are a busy man and got to prepare uh, for some trips coming up. You did tell me. That you're guiding a trip here in Southern Florida is so is that the first hunt of the year? Uh, that will be the no. The first time of the year is actually South Florida helping a guy with some of his his uh, clients down there guiding for them and hopefully get to hunt a little bit. But then I come back and guide a hunt in Northern Florida, the Northern Zone for a TFT raffle. Uh, okay that actually ends today uh, i don't know when this will air but I, hopefully that, that I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to get it up today before i head to the airport to 
to fly to Mississippi. Um, so well, they they need to get on there and buy buy a ticket, brother. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if I'll get it up right now. It's ten thirty on January the twenty ninth. Hopefully, I'll be able to get this up and people will hear it between now and um, before the raffle ends. Uh, so, but yeah, and uh, hopefully, y'all sell some some tickets and you know have a good hunt. Oh, we will. It, it'll be fun. But yeah, just like I say, TFT, get on that website and just learn about turkeys. A lot, a lot of good information there. Well, I guess that's where we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Mr. Terry Rom is, like I said, a legend. This man knows more about turkey hunting and deer hunting than most of all of us will ever know collectively. Mr. Terry, thank you for coming on and, and doing the podcast and the video cast with me. This is still very early on in my podcasting career, and I was extremely honored when you said that you would do it. Um, for all of you that are listening, thank you. All of you that are watching on YouTube, thank you. Uh, do me a favor and hit that subscribe button and the like button and maybe even share this because there was a lot of good information from Mr. Terry put onto this podcast. And uh, y'all remember just uh, put God first and to keep chasing. Thank you, Mr. Terry, and best of luck for your hunting season going forward. Y'all, thank you, Robbie, and y'all be safe out there this spring. Yes, sir. All right. All right. That was good, I thought. Yes, sir. I cannot thank you enough. Um, I am extremely honored and appreciative of you actually um, taking the time and – 